Well, hello there. This is Milena, and welcome to another episode of Scientific Mavericks Podcast, where it is my pleasure to introduce an incredibly talented team of thought leaders and innovators who are at the forefront of reinventing the way retail companies and channels make business decisions today. Hybris mantra is data has a better idea, and since its inception in 2015, Hybris introduced world's first AI solutions leveraging retail genome, its proprietary algorithm networks and prescriptive analytics with the goal to automate business decisions and help retail companies increase their returns on retail space investment. Hybris spun out of Data61 and is backed by the Coca-Cola company. Number 204 in the Deloitte 2018 Asia-Pacific Technology Fast 500 ranking, Hivery has been repeatedly recognized as an Australian startup to watch for, and last year, Export Council of Australia awarded Hivery for its contributions to the international trade and New South Wales economy. It is my great pleasure to introduce today Tanvir Hussain. After graduating from Macquarie University, with his bachelor's degree in information technology, Tanvir joins Hivery as a back-end Python software engineer and for the past few months has been working on Vending Analytics 2 version 3, or as we call it, Hivery Vending Analytics Spaceship. He also manages AWS cloud infrastructure and VS DevOps. Tanvir's main role at Hivery is shaping ideas into digital solutions. And today, we are going to start this episode with Tanvir sharing his thoughts on what is the best and the worst part about working at a startup. Well, uh, I would say the best part is you get to be the all-rounder. You are exposed to heaps of areas. You are not only just coding. So you are actually building a product. You are building solution to the problem. If you compare it to corporations, I would say like in corporation, you are just a part of a big machine. If you're a software engineer, you go there and you just code. That's pretty much it. Normally, usually you don't know what's happening behind the scene. But in startup, you get your hands dirty. You don't just code. You have to actually build a product. You have to maintain other stuff too. You have to know how everything is working. If you are starting your career, I would say it's very good because you get to know and learn a lot of stuff. There is also a bad part, which is sometimes it can be overwhelming. Is because there is no strict plan. Basically, you have a lot of flexibility. So in that case, you can easily get lost. And the thing is, like you have to be very passionate about what you are doing. But in corporation, you are bound in a strict set of rules. So you just go there, work from nine to five, and that's pretty much it. But in startup, you have to be actually passionate and you work by yourself. So if you are not passionate about what you are doing, it can be overwhelming and yeah, it can be boring as well. You touched upon the fact that when you are building a product, you get to get your hands dirty and wear multiple hats. Could you share a personal example of what you have been able to do at Hivery besides just coding? I joined Hivery as a software engineer, but after working for a few months, I also started looking after VS, DevOps, and AWS cloud infrastructure, which is kind of a separate thing. It's called DevOps engineering. So I had no idea before, 
But after joining here, I get to learn that stuff. And now I kind of take care of VS DevOps, uh, which is pretty cool. So it's basically deploying the code in cloud as well as running the code in cloud. And also now I am a AWS certified cloud practitioner. So I'm not just sitting as a software engineer here. I'm also doing other stuff. Congratulations on your certification. Was it hard to get? It wasn't too hard for me. It's because... The stuff I do here already kind of advanced level. So the certification I got, that is nothing compared to what I do here. So yeah, it was pretty easy. So what kind of preparation would someone need in order to pass this certification? Well, I got the level one certification. For that, you have to know basic about cloud infrastructure. You have to know AWS services, what services you have to use and stuff. Also, AWS securities, as well as very popular services such as uh, EC2, S3, RDS, CloudFormation, CloudFront, and this kind of stuff. So you just kind of need to know how to use them and where to use them. You got your bachelor's degree in information technology. How has getting that helped you to set up for your chosen career path success and your current role? First of all, bachelor's degree played a big role becoming a good software engineer. There are lots of people that don't agree with this because big companies like Google, Amazon, they started getting rid of bachelor's degree or any kind of degree in their job requirement. But I would say it's a big thing. It's not the most important thing though, but it's a big thing because uni degree gives you the basic. It teaches you computer science fundamentals, which is very important, which you can't get from experience. I've been involved taking interviews for software engineers in Ivory. I've seen people with like five years, 10 years of experience, but when I give them technical challenges on whiteboards, they can't do it. They are good software engineers, but they just don't know computer fundamentals, which is very important nowadays because we are building optimized systems and building fast systems. So it's not just making a product. You you have to make a good product. So that uni degree helped me a lot to learn about basic, but that's not everything. Uni just gives you a good base. That's pretty much it. Then after that, you have to uh, keep working on yourself. You have to keep up to date by yourself. And this is a fast tech industry. So you always have to learn new stuff. Uni degree going to teach you something. Maybe that was good a few years ago, but it's not good anymore. Also, uni would guide you about right thinking process. But after that, you have to develop your own thinking process. You have to explore other good options, good opportunities. So my advice would be whatever you learn from uni, which is very important, but you have to explore yourself as well outside uni. You have to do a lot of small own projects, which you might learn from uni, but you have to actually get your hands dirty and do your own projects. What kind of skills were you able to develop while at university besides just figuring out what your thinking process is and learning the very basics that you would say someone who just has work experience cannot get? Beside technical skills, uni can also help you to learn time management skills, communication skills. You get to know a lot of people from different cultures, especially in Australia, a very big, diverse country. So uni also teach you how to actually talk to people from different cultures and work together. It helps you to learn 
team management as well as it helps you to learn working a team better. Were there any skills you were developing outside of the university while concurrently pursuing your bachelor's degree? So I used to do my own projects. Also, when I used to get assignments from uni, after submitting assignment, I tried to explore the assignments and I tried to build stuff on top of that and worked on those to actually make actual products. What was the most interesting side project that you have worked on while at university? From top of my head, I can think there was one project which was a machine learning project. So basically it analyzes road accident data. So I used Queensland's last 10 years road accident data and actually it finds the pattern like why accident occurs in certain roads and stuff and also it kind of predicts how many accidents can happen in next year based on the attributes you have which was pretty correct. So when I checked next year, accident ratio has fallen down a lot. If you compared what was 10 years ago, it's now almost nothing. I think government already knows about this prediction. They have their own data, data scientists and data analysts, and they are actually taking measurements to keep the road safe. You kind of touched upon the question that I'm going to ask right now, but what advice would you give to someone who wants to develop skills that you have, like Python, data structures, algorithms, databases, machine learning, and you were also mentioning AWS uh, technology? First of all, the main thing is you have to do your own project. You can't just go to uni or take any online course and get done with it and you're done. No, that's not how it works. You have to do your own projects. I would say do small projects and interesting projects which might be useful to you. Don't just jump into big projects because it's cool and or everyone else is doing it. Start with small. Start think about something which can be helpful to you. And I would always say keep yourself up to date because every month there's a new technology is coming in. You don't want to use the old tech. And to keep yourself up to date, I would recommend you to subscribe to media services like Medium or Dev2, or you can even follow tech subreddits and etc. Just be a pirate. Look outside of your comfort zone. Always look for new options or opportunities. How do you find a project? If you want to do something uh, related to data. There are a lot of uh, websites who provide actually data. One of the biggest ones is Kaggle. So you can go there and download your own data set. You can search data sets like whatever is in your interest. You can search, for, let's say, soccer data set, cricket data set, if you are interested in sport. So if you search that, there'll be heaps of data sets. So whatever interests you, you can download them and think about a project or oh, what I can do with this data. Or maybe if you are missing something in your life, you think like, oh, I should have this app, but I can't find this app anywhere. Or I have an app, this app should do this, not this. I wish there was a better app. Try to build that yourself. Think with small projects. Don't just jump into big projects. If there's already an app like that, you don't actually need to build a replica for that. Just try a small version, like whatever you're going to enjoy. Maybe then later on share it with your mates and stuff. For the past few months, you have been working on Vending Analytics tool version 3, and this version will be more optimized and way faster than the current Vending Analytics tool. Could you explain in your own words to our audience the essence of what Vending Analytics tool does? 
is a software as a service platform. So basically, our clients can use this software to optimize their vending machines. It gives you prediction what product you should put in certain vending machines based on the data we have, based on data from other machines, and in some case, weather data and stuff like that, and predict a better product for that machine, uh, which can sell better and make them more profit. If you were interested to know more about the tool, you can navigate on our website and under our solutions tab, you can see vending analytics and you can request a demo. And also you can read about vending analytics in the news and how the tool has already benefited multiple companies. And now Tanvir will explain what technologies and frameworks he uses to build an optimized system and a digital solution. For front-end, we are using React. And for back-end, we are using Python Django, as well as we are using uh, some other frameworks such as Pandas for data parsing or data analysis. And for caching, we are using Redis. For database, we are using RDS. And in terms of coding, we use a lot of data structures whenever we can because our main priority is time complexity. We want to make the system as fast as possible. We also use advanced search and sorting algorithms. And because, as I mentioned, it's a SaaS platform, so software as a service, it stays on cloud. So we use AWS for that, and we use a lot of AWS services such as EC2, ECR, CloudFormation, CloudFront, S3, DynamoDB, SQS, Lambda, RDS, API Gateway, and lots of other stuff. How long did it take you to become proficient in the skills, languages, and platforms you have just mentioned? And what role did Hivery play in your personal development? Hivery helped me a lot. A lot. Yeah, I knew about this frameworks, Python, this language before joining here because I got my degree and I used to do my projects. And I also did PACE internship project at Macquarie Bank. So I knew this stuff. But after joining Hybrid, it's just a different level. The biggest part would say my boss actually trusted me and gave me the opportunity to get my hands dirty. So that played a big role. Could you share an example on Artem giving you an opportunity to get your hands dirty and learn new stuff? When I joined here, my second or third week, we had a new client onboarding and Artem gave me the chance to build a data reader, parser and writer for that client, which was a big thing because I just recently joined in the company and I was kind of scared because it's a new client. But because he trusted me, I got the confidence in myself that, yes, he trusted me. So that means I can do it. So I started doing it and I actually did it, which was very great. But if he didn't trust me, I wouldn't be able to do it. And the best uh, part is, I would say in Hivery is everybody is very accepting. Whenever I did any mistake, I asked Artem or my boss uh, if I did any mistake, he helped me to solve it. And so everyone is very helpful. Always everyone pushes you to learn new stuff. If you would like to listen to Artem's perspective on how he runs and manages a team at Hivery, I highly recommend you listening to his podcast episode on engineering and how it influences leadership. And now Tanvir will share what has been his biggest takeaway to date since he joined Hivery nine months ago. 
here everyone pushes you to keep learning. So always keep learning. Because in this modern tech world, software engineering is a never-ending learning process. So gather as much experience as you can. And to be honest, I'm very lucky and glad to be surrounded by heaps of smart and experienced people. All of them are very intellectuals. So I did utilize and do utilize this opportunity to learn from them. How did you hear about Hybrary? Like, how did the opportunity to join come onto your radar in the first place? So after graduating, uh, I was looking for a full-time software engineering job. I was looking for opportunities here and there. One day, one of the recruiters called me and told me about Hybrary, and I was very surprised because when I heard about vending machine and artificial intelligence, I was very shocked because I never thought that vending machine could even take any data. So I was very excited. So I did some research about Hybrary and found really good stuff about them, like in media, heaps of different articles and stuff like that. So I was very excited. So I just uh, let my recruiter know that, yes, I'm very interested. And I just got interviewed a few rounds of interviews and yeah, got in. Jumping back to vending analytics, I would love for you to talk me through the process of designing an engineering solution with this tool in mind. First of all, you have to always think simple. Product we have, VA or vending analytics, is a very complicated system. You can easily get lost. So what I do, I always think simple. I start simple. Don't think about the entire problem in one go or in the beginning. Just have an idea about reaching your final goal and think as you go, start building on top of that and always think about edge cases. Like if you are a client, what would you do? And try to visualize the scenario because that helps a lot. It depends on person to person. Everyone is different. But what I do, I try to visualize the scenario, like what could happen, what could a client do. And then from that visualization, I try to code. First, I don't think about coding. I get pen and paper or a notebook, whatever. Then I start to draw scenarios and what could happen and what my system should do. So after do a little bit of drawings and stuff, then I try to think about logic, like really simple logics. I don't think about coding, just if-else logic. Then after putting them on paper, then I start thinking about coding. Then I go to computer, then start coding simply. And then I start building small components. And then later on, I just start building on top of them and then add them together. Do you have an ideal solution in mind that you are trying to create when you are just at the stage of designing what you are making? Sometimes I do, but even though I do have any solutions in mind, I don't directly jump into it. Before creating a solution or before I start coding, I actually go online and do some research because you never know there might be already a better solution, maybe a better framework for that, what you're trying to do. I would say always do that. And also I try to talk to my colleagues uh, whom I know they can be a expert in that area and take advice from them if there is a better options uh, out there. And yeah. You were also saying that being a software engineer requires you to learn new technologies and new stuff all the time. Does it get overwhelming? 
I would say sometimes it does, but in that case, your passion kicks in. If you are not passionate about software engineering, I wouldn't recommend you to pursue this career, else you will burn out really soon. Is it the passion for making like sense of a complicated problem or is it creating structures around difficult solutions like what does the passion come down to when someone's super young they don't really know that they want to be a software engineering and data scientist or pursue a similar career path so what do you say the passion lies for i think for me it was always you see a problem you create a solution and you can actually use the solution or you can actually see it. It's like you can actually validate it. If you do other things, I don't know, let's say you are an accountant or doing something like that, you probably write essays or do some mathematical stuff. But here, you're actually building a solution. It's like you're building something. You get to be creative. You get to do your stuff in your own way. And then later on, you can actually see it that it's working. And then you think, oh, you had this problem, now you have this solution. And you input that problem and you are getting the solution by itself. That's a great feeling for me. On the same note, I would mention that when I was working for corporations, I got to see a very limited lens of the initiatives I was driving. In this way, I can relate how you say that you feel like a part of a big machine and at the same time you don't get the same fulfillment neither does it feel rewarding the same way as when you get to build a product and see it come to life so in your opinion what is the key component in bringing a digital solution to life first of all be confident about what you're doing be creative always look for better options out there do some research and always talk to your colleagues because if they are experienced, they might have better solutions. So always try to learn from them. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. Stay tuned and till the next time, everyone.